Hey friends, welcome to episode 75 of the Badass Midlife Podcast. Have you ever felt like your mood just takes a really negative turn? Like you flipped a light switch and all of a sudden you're just fussy and everything is bothering you and you're not really sure exactly where it came from. Most of the time we know we have an idea, but also we just kind of have things that are firmly placed in our mind and then the minute the smallest thing happens, we dig that whole other thing up and then it just affects our mood in a much bigger way than we had intended. So today on the show, we're going to talk about nine essential tips to lift your spirits and really be able to feel like you are more in control of your mood. Enjoy the show. Hey friends, welcome to the Badass Midlife Podcast. This is the place where we talk about midlife hangups, what to let go of, what to hang on to, and how to move on and actually do your midlife like a badass. Enjoy the show. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Badass Midlife Podcast. Great, great day today. Uh, Feeling pretty good. I told you guys I was going to keep you posted on some of the um, like little weird aches and pains and my thoughts on the hormonal uh, components of how I've been feeling lately. And I just wanted to give you an update because I actually do want to have a little series on this um, once I get the regimen that was prescribed. I just want to do a little series and kind of take you through the journey. But I did want to uh, give you the update that I did get some test results run and um, it was really interesting. Uh, If you go to any kind of integrative medicine, which I have had a hard time even believing is a thing that people should do, but In light of the fact that not very many uh, doctors really go deep into uh, menopause and hormonal issues, I thought, you know what, why not? Why not? Why not go to someone who's going to look a little bit deeper into those things and try to find, you know, the root cause and think about how the food you eat, not just how much of it and how much you exercise, but what you eat can actually be contributing. And so... I did that. Uh, I spoke to the doctor about those results and it was just so interesting. And it turns out that they are going to prescribe a bioidentical hormone cream um, and it'll be here in about a week. So I have that and then a little bit of um, some vitamins, you know, like obviously the things that you hear a lot about um, magnesium, potassium, and uh, vitamin D which turns out is actually a hormone. It's not a vitamin. And when you take it with uh, a K also, like it really, it makes a lot of difference in the way your joints and muscles feel. And I don't know, I'm looking forward to getting all of this stuff and just seeing uh, if there's a difference because uh, pretty much everything was good except some key things. And it was just those postmenopausal hormones that had dropped and those are the things that make you feel weak and tired and achy and stiff and uh, because you know yeah we know that all happens when you get to a certain stage in life but it shouldn't be happening in your 40s or 50s that is for sure Um, so 
that's the update on that. Um, like I said, I'll have that in uh, about a week or so and I'm going to get started and I'm going to be doing, like I said, a little series on it just to kind of monitor and track the progress. Um, and I'm hoping to get some good results. So we'll see what happens. All right. So today we're going to talk about things that you can do every day to really be the master of your mood. I think that a lot of times we are not the master, we're the victim of everything else that's going on. But a key cornerstone to a really well-balanced life is just to keep your mindset really, really clearly aligned with your core values. So it sounds really simple, but as time goes on, you could find yourself falling into a state of feeling bored or off track or frustrated and then that just leads to you not being the most optimistic person with the best attitude but in work as a life coach and studying i i talk to people a lot of women in midlife but the truth is that this could really happen to anyone even though i hear about this particular thing a lot it could happen to anyone but the way out of this pattern of not really being able to have control of your mood can be simple. It's just not easy, especially as we age and we're more set in our ways and more set in our sort of our habits of how we deal and cope. Um, we've become pretty rigid in that way. And that's the key right there. We really have to work to become a little bit more flexible and adaptable to change to ourselves making some changes if we want to really be happy and and like i said masters of the mood so we're going to go over nine quick little tips to think about when you are finding yourself like oh i think i'm kind of like not in a great mood all the time and i mean a good mood i don't mean just neutral like your day is happening to you you're not really owning how you feel of the day but some things that you can do to sort of shift that, again, that that rut that you may have gotten in mentally where you're like, no, this is just how I am. You know, I'm going to be one of those crotchety old people that uh, just wakes up pissed and that's what I'm going to do. It's not, we're not going to do that. Um, and part of it, well, most of it are things like these tips I'm going to go through because, as, as I said, like it's really easy to just get stuck in our ways. We love habits. We always talk about how our mind loves routine and habits, and that's a great thing. It's what makes you feel in control, and it will actually help reduce anxiety. However, some habits aren't good. Some thought habits aren't good. So that's tip number one. First one, you have to dump the tired mantras. So you are probably telling yourself, like most of us do, a lot of things about what you like and what you don't like. Oh, I don't like this. I love that. And we all do that. But Tony Robbins says, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Because it, it, honestly, it's unrealistic to expect your mood or your lifestyle to change if you're playing a really familiar soundtrack of <laughs> limiting greatest hits. You know, things that are just going to keep you stuck in. Here's what I have always done and liked or disliked. Just not even giving yourself a crack of daylight to open and say, well, I don't know if that's still true. Maybe I just didn't like it when I had kids at home and all over me, but maybe I should revisit that again. 
Because just because you've never done it, always done it, or never really liked something, it doesn't mean that that's you forever and ever. So try changing even one of those limiting mantras. Like, I'm not much of a going out for drinks person. To maybe, it might be okay to go out for drinks every now and then, once a month. I should have a, a girls' night and get drinks after work. Once a month. It's not that hard. But it's not even about the actual doing it. It's about what you're saying to yourself about it. Because, sure, you could get stuck in saying, I'm not much of a going out for drinks person and stay stuck right there forever. And then every time you have that thought, you're like, oh, wait, I forgot. I'm not that. But who said you said you weren't that person? But maybe you are. And the only way to start actually changing the action is to change the thought and change the words that you're saying to each other. So dump those tired mantras. Second, make new habits. Start small. So I talked about habits just a second ago, but once you've decided that you're going to rewrite some old tired lines, you can start really slow on the journey of positivity with one little change at a time. So for example, do you recognize that meditation has benefits, right? And let's say you really want to make it a part of your life, but you've always thought like I have, that's a little too woo woo for me. But just set an alarm, get the Calm app, do anything that has, get yourself the tool, you know, the inexpensive tool that you need, set the alarm, wake up 15 minutes early, open up the app, and give it a try. Three days a week, let's say. And it can be five minutes long. When I spoke to this doctor about my results, just like a lot of people that will talk about chronic pain, fibro, one of the things that they say is this type of calming yourself and getting yourself to a very calm threshold at the beginning of the day, she even recommended at the end of the day, is just really life-changing because it gets, it just keeps you in I don't know, in a state of mind of just knowing that you have that lower anxiety spot. And then when you do it enough every day, you crave it. It's like when people are runners. When I used to be a runner, I cannot believe that I did, but I was. And they always say when you're a runner, it's addicting, right? And it is. You just want to do it. That's the same with meditation or any new habit. Once you do it and you make it a part of your life and you see the benefit you're going to want to keep doing it. Sometimes when people change their eating style and they're um, like they just want to try to be, let's say, a vegetarian because they notice that when they eat certain things, they don't feel well. Well, it's really hard at the beginning to try to just cut out meat altogether. That's a big thing. Or like me, I was told to reduce gluten and dairy. That's a hard one. But if I start to, if I do that and I start to feel really good, well, that's the motivation you need right there is that just you're going to feel better. So you're no longer thinking about what you're giving up. You're thinking about, man, I got to keep feeling like this. So making new habits start small. That's one way to just change your mood, right? Because we get in the mood because of the things that we say 
and the things that we consistently do. Next thing, your personal space. I love talking about your home environment, what's around you. I can't stress this enough, the importance of the things that surround you in your home, your office, your car, wherever you are, is so underestimated. But your home especially is where you go to recharge, right? Soothe yourself, rest. It makes it such a critical factor in your mood and how you show up in the world and in your mindset and happiness. So if your home is cluttered, first of all, even the space that you spend the most time in, let's just talk about your living room or your bedroom. Think, are those cluttered spaces? Are they dark? Do you just keep the draperies pulled or the blinds down or closed just because you're used to it? Is the space kind of stuck in time? Well, if you can declutter, first of all, declutter, get things off surfaces and just have nice decorative things out, give it a good deep clean, take everything that you pulled off of those surfaces and find a home. There are little corners in our homes where we just have decided that we're going to have little piles of crap. Like all of a sudden, this is where I keep my mm, fill in the blank my things I'm going to return, my extra holiday stuff. Why does it have to be out somewhere where you have to see it? If you have things you're going to return, go take it to your car. If you have extra things, if you have a basement or an attic, store them. Label it, store them. Make yourself a little, you know, list of, uh, like a directory of where things are and start doing that and store things. The whole point is your personal space is important and it impacts your mood. And if you think it doesn't, you are sorely mistaken, sister. So if you're a person that works from home or spends a lot of time at home and you also are a person that feels a little bit like you're in a funk and in a fussy mood all the time, take a look around at your personal space. Zhuzh it up a little bit. But more than anything, declutter, give it a good deep clean add some color, add some color, get yourself fresh flowers once a week. Nice, pretty short little vase, put them on the center of your table, your island, your coffee table, whatever it is. That's all you need. That's your space. That's where you get to go to feel good and recharge. So make the best of it. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to. Next, your personal style. So what you wear. Okay, so here we go on this. So this sense of style is going to be the same type of feeling, right? If you get up every day and you have the same um, tired wardrobe, I'm not saying you can't have a capsule wardrobe, which is basically a bunch of basics that mix and match. I love that and I think that makes life easy, but you have to do it in the right way. You have to actually have some things that are not tired, that are quality, that you can rotate around. But if you're not even doing that, if you just have a certain style, you have a certain kind of, a certain pair of pants, a certain pair of jeans, fine also, as long as they're nice, take care of yourself. But like when you walk around or you go places and you see someone and you're looking up and down 
you know, at a woman and you're like, man, that's a cool way she's wearing those linen pants. And I like that. And I bet she's so comfy and cool and easy breezy. What What's the deal? Well, it's not like you can't go get some linen pants. Because you can. They have really cute linen drawstring pants at Target. And I've made them a staple of my wardrobe because I love that feeling. But maybe somebody has has them on in a way that's so cute because the the shirt's a little bit more fitted and then they just have this cute you know flat colorful shoe or a little wet whatever it is you look at people and you look at them as if you can't do it I can't but you can and sometimes it's not even a matter of buying something it's just a matter of thinking about a different way to wear it so Do you find yourself thinking like you go in your closet and you're like, it's just blah. It's kind of stuck in time. Mine kind of is, but like everything else, including my hair. But even if you wear the same several things on a rotation, you can take a moment and kind of do an inventory in your closet and just ask yourself, do I love this thing? Do I love this shirt? Do I wear it a lot? Do I love how it makes me feel when I get up and shower and clean and put it on? Some things when you are ready to get dressed and you put it on, you're just like, damn, girl, you look good. It's not always like that. Sometimes you're like, well, if I stand up super straight and suck in a little bit, I do like it. Well, you're not going to wear it. You're going to be taking it off before you leave, which means you should give it away. Donate it. And then ask yourself too, does this represent who I am right now in my life? Because a lot of times, you know, we keep, we hang on to stuff. You know, we hang on to things like a Aerosmith t-shirt, maybe, some people. uh, That it's great and it's good to have and you should probably wear it when you're cleaning if you want. Uh, But it shouldn't be something that you actually put on and walk out the door with. You know, I mean, I'm not believe me ripping on a band a concert t-shirt I'm not saying that but some things are just not for the stage of your life and it's not because we have rules even though there are rules um like I'm not saying that oh you shouldn't be wearing even though you have great legs you shouldn't wear a skirt that shirt it's not because of that it's because you know maybe it's just not appropriate Like maybe you're not going to be comfortable. Maybe you're just not going to feel like you are free to do certain things when you're wearing a skirt that short. But it's not, I don't care. People can wear whatever they want. My point is, how do you feel when you're in it? Are you comfortable? Are you going to be able to move? Because at the end of the day, when we're younger, we dress in a way that doesn't always feel great, but we think it's in style. Well, as you get older, you're going to want to feel great. And you're going to want to have the right sense of style. So if you're comfortable in a short skirt and you can do the things you like to do, then do it. Go at it. Who cares? My point is I like to be comfortable. Now comfort is a big thing, but that doesn't mean super loose everything always. It doesn't mean yoga pants and a tunic top because you're trying to hide. Did that for a lot of years. But you know what? At at some point, you just are who you are. So find the best way to optimize how you feel about the way that you look and then just do that. So your sense of style is really important in 
how you feel and in your mood. Next, are you a positive conversationalist? Your happiness and mood are so impacted by the others around you. We already know that. So the people we live with, our significant other, our kids, you know, whoever. But are you being the negative one in your group? Do you find yourself looking for the opportunity to challenge things, to argue or berate a point or start gossip? Are you that person? I I sometimes am. Like sometimes I'm so bored I'm just like, let's get the dish. Who are we going to talk about? But really it's never like in the spirit of like I'm a hateful person. Sometimes you know, it's just like our go-to and we just need a topic that's juicy and so we go there. That, sure, not the greatest thing, but do you do it all the time? Like if you're with a certain super close person, like a sister or a bestie, you might do it a lot, but that's okay because you guys are so familiar with each other that that's kind of your dynamic. But when you go into... Uh, another situation, a friend group of people that you may know two of them, you don't know one of them as well, and the other one you don't know at all. Are you being a little bit like that in that group so that that's going to make you comfortable because that's what has become comfortable to you is being negative Nancy? But going down that road makes you less of a pleasant person in general. It changes the expression on your face, which impacts your mindset. Not to mention the way those people around see you too. So pause for a second when you feel that urge to go low and think about what good is this going to do? Is this going to improve my mood? Is it going to make these people feel better? Are we going to have a great conversation? And then just maybe see if you can flip it on a different angle and have a better conversation. So think about how your conversations are. Do they start with complaining? Do they start with, when someone says, hey, how you doing? Do they start with, oh, God, come on. That's not being a positive conversationalist. You know, we might have stuff. And like I said, with those people that are close to us in life, we can do that because they know who we really are. They know that this is just us being our little bitchy self right now. We a bitch for a minute and then we're good. But the people, a lot of times when you're meeting them for the first time or you don't know them as well, don't be that person. Think of the positive spin, which brings me to your friend group. So surround yourself with people that really improve your mood in your life. There are people that we know that sometimes we gravitate towards them specifically because we want to have that kind of a gossip session. And whatever, if that's what you need sometimes to do that, that's fine. But 90% of the people you try to surround yourself with in your life should make things better. And it's sad that the people that drain the most out of us are the ones we're the closest to, but that's just life. The ones that we care about take up a lot more space, and when they take up a lot more space, their mood impacts our mood, and that's just how it is, right? But take a look at how what you can do to break away or limit your time around them all in one sitting. And if, if it's possible, Really try to make it harder for them to drain your positivity by staying in your own optimism and finding the positive for the day. One small goal that you're going to set for the day, they are going to eventually tire of bringing you the things that bring you down because you're not going to go down. 
You're just not. You're going to stay fixed. You're going to stay positive, And you're going to keep your eye on the prize of whatever that nice, uplifting thing is going to be. Next leads me to the social calendar. So look at your social life and determine if you feel like you are overloaded or underwhelmed. You know, it's easy to overdo the things that we don't like. But also, we get used to being perfectly fine doing the same thing over and over. But every now and then, push yourself to do something new. Have you been to live a live show lately? Live theater? Have you been to a comedy show lately? Have you suggested an escape room? Just for something fun to do? Have you been bowling lately? Like trivia night. I'm going to start doing that again um, with my brother. And hopefully I can get my sister and a couple of my daughters to go too. But we like to go do trivia in the summer uh, on these outside patios on the, at these bars around us. Because why not? It's, a, it's like an hour and a half on a Tuesday night. What are you doing? But just things like that impact your mood. You already, the whole day, already know you're doing something. And again, if we're in the habit of being home, it's really easy to take that fun thing that you're going to do and turn it into a pain in the ass. But why? It's because we're not mastering our mood. We're saying, I'm going to let this old song, you know, this soundtrack that I don't like to do things during the week, I'm going to let it start playing because that way I can hum along to that and then it'll just keep my ass right at home on the couch. We don't want to do that. Push yourself. And I say that with love because I'm trying to do it myself. I really don't want to be that person that just sits at home. It's summer right now here. So, you know, what are you doing? That's what I ask myself. Like the not the night seems really long. You know, if you get home at even at seven, it's just like, geez, Louise, is it ever going to get dark? But that's a good thing. That's even more reason to find a thing to do. And it doesn't have to be every single week. But what if it's every other? And what if it is every single week? What are you doing? Again, it's a Tuesday night at seven. So think about your social calendar. Strangers. Maybe you don't like to talk to strangers. Maybe we're conditioned, you know, not to do that. And there's definitely a time and a place to not do that. But it's really how you might behave all day, every day. Head down. God forbid you're looking into somebody's eyeballs. You're just going. I got to get my lettuce. Don't look at me. But lift up your eyes and face. Get your face out of your phone. Say hi to somebody while you're standing in line and start a conversation. Because whether you're in that line or waiting to get an oil change, you can really just turn your entire mood around by getting out of that own swirl of thought that you're in and just having a genuine interaction with a stranger. I did a podcast recently on that, talking to strangers. There's a way to do it. And it's just doing it. And it does something to your mind. It breaks that spiral of thought of your busyness and all that you have to do it's okay it's okay everything's gonna be there after your 30 second conversation with the stranger and in the meantime you broke the monotony of your day so don't be afraid to you know talk to somebody and finally number nine changing your story the most vital step in managing your mood for all time 
is going to come from changing the stories that you have told yourself until this point. Because life is changing all the time and it's evolving. And so should your feelings about yourself and who you are. So just because something was true about you as a child, it doesn't define who you are until the end of time. The story you have that impacts your mood when you have a certain trigger, that's like at the first one, the dumping of tired mantras. You have a story. Everybody has one. And it's convinced us that we have a certain cross to bear, a certain life that we're supposed to lead. But there is magic in the ability to change your story. There's magic in that. Because when we can do that, we can change every single day from now on. So the story doesn't have to be the story that it's always been. I used to have this thing for a long time because I was the youngest of three. And uh, my brother's a middle, the middle child. So he's a boy. So he's special because he's a boy. My sister is an absolutely effervescent, vivacious personality and seems to be extroverted in so many more ways than I am. And so she just lights up a room. And so my thing has always been like, I'm just not the, I'm not that one. I'm not that one that talks to people. And I did a great job on that for decades. And then one day, and it took until, I don't know, I want to say I was about 30. (laughs) And I decided that, hold hold on, there's more that I can dig up here. There's more layers of my personality that I can unfold. And I don't have to be the one that's quiet. And a lot of times those labels get put on you and I do it to my own kids. She, she's the shy one. She's the one that just works so hard. I, you know, we just do that and we got to stop doing that. Cause that's the same thing that happened to me. The label was, Oh, she's, she's more, a little bit more shy. And I just was perfectly fine living into that for a long time because who cares? I'm also, again, kind of a dark little creative that likes to be alone. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. But it kept me from speaking as soon as I would have had I not had that story that I just kept telling myself. It's not that I didn't speak, but you know, now I can't shut up. But the point is, and I have four daughters who there's no chance that I'm not speaking until my days are done. I'm speaking all the time because they're bringing me into every single thing that they have going on, which is great. And, but it does, again, because I'm changing the story, I can be more engaged. I feel good. I see them look into my eyeballs and they're listening and I'm like, this feels great, you know? And so sometimes we just get into a habit of something that we were, Uh, told about ourselves and then we make this whole story and it's not it's not the mantra maybe necessarily but it's just the story that you got really really comfortable with at the end of the day you're the boss of who you are you are a strong adaptable person and you hold the key to your mood and your joy 
And changing your story or your mantras might take a little bit of thought work. It might take therapy, a life coach. It might take something. But it's going to be the best investment you could ever make in yourself and in the long-term mastery of your mood. I want you to be the master of your mood. Don't let anyone take that from you. You deserve to just wake up and feel great and be happy. And if it's someone else that's dragging you down or your own mantras or some story, because you're thinking about, ugh, I'm going to have to wait a couple days before I go buy that thing. So what? Wait a couple days. That doesn't lock you into the story that you're never going to be financially free. Just, it's okay. You're a person like most of the world that needs to just kind of watch their money. Okay, it's fine. Some people have to watch it more. Some people have to watch it less. Whatever it is. But it's okay. Don't let that be the story of your life. Well, friends, that is all I have for you today. I hope that these little tips kind of help make you understand, help you understand that you can master your mood yourself. And when we find ourselves in a kind of a perpetual sour mood, really think to yourself, like most of this is me. I'm actually choosing to take this all in and process it this way that I am. When instead, I could see what's going on. I could hear what's going on. I could take it all in and let it bounce back out because I don't need to go there. I can just think about it, give it its due process, and then let it go and go on with the rest of my day. And when it's time to think about it again, I'll bring it back up because there's no chance that it won't still be there. Well, friends, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you next time on the Badass Midlife Podcast. Friends, if you enjoy the Badass Midlife Podcast, please subscribe so that every time an episode comes out, it goes right to your phone. And also leave a five-star review and a comment. Let me know how you're enjoying the show or if there's anything that you would like us to talk about. I'd love to hear from you. 